electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. I'll be with my friends. I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. It's unbelievable. It happened again. I'm talking about how investors once again yesterday panicked and dumped stocks sell, 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 sell. because they heard that inflation's running hot and the Federal Reserve has no choice but to raise interest rates. Sell, 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 sell. It doesn't matter how many times they tell you these moments are buying opportunities, does it? They're not selling opportunities, they're buying opportunities. The steady drumbeat of fear, of fear always seems to win out over what I have to say. And that was very true yesterday. And it happened again today with the economically sensitive Dow Jones Industrials tumbled 159 points. A lot of that's Disney. While the S&P 500 inched up 0.06% and the tech-heavy Nasdaq rallied 0.52% in a magnificent display of power of everything that went down yesterday. Now, why does everyone fall for this? Why? I mean, why? Doing this show for 16 years, listen to me. Fear is a powerful motivator, and there's no shortage of people who are willing to say that the world's ending on any given day because of an overheated consumer price index number. They won't look under the hood to see that the main drivers of inflation came from oil, gas, used cars, all of which seem to be peaking right now. Now that oil companies are boosting production, automakers have begun to get their hands on more semiconductors right now. Like I keep saying, we knew this inflation number was going to be hideous. I told you endlessly that. But you need to remember that it's a backwards-looking indicator. There's a very real chance this will be as bad as it gets, which would mean an inflation-driven sell-off like yesterday is indeed a buying opportunity. And if you listen, it's already the case. Unfortunately, not many commentators seem to agree with me. No. No one agrees with me. I heard that every tech stock that got hit yesterday was finished for the year because, well, of course, we're in a high-growth stock bubble, which will be popped the moment the Fed tightens, which is going to be like yesterday. I heard Rivian, yesterday's red-hot electric vehicle IPO, represents pure speculative mania and that you better stay away. It's sowing the seeds of its own destruction. I heard that Fang and their acolytes are kaput 
because when inflation is raging, nothing's worse than owning growth stocks. Finally, I heard that you can't buy the stock of any company that missed the quarter because those companies are now roadkill. All right, what can I say about this stuff? Simple. Don't believe it. It's nonsense. And I'm going to tell you why. Let's first address this notion of a growth stock bubble. I'll say this clearly. Experts who like to opine on bonds and inflation should really stay in their own lane. Their endless negative chatter creates a vicious cycle. Stocks get hit at the opening, and the economists tell us that growth growth stocks always go down with the CPI as if it's like one giant stock. So you might as well just take profits now before they go away. This kind of thinking represents a shocking degree of intellectual laziness. For every set of hot inflation numbers that actually caused the Fed to slam on the brakes immediately, there were dozens that were supposed to trigger the rate hikes that never happened. Yet you hardly ever hear this caveat, right? Because it's taken as a given that these commentators, well, they've they've got an agenda of chastisement and confusion for you. Whenever the Federal Reserve makes the mistake of listening to these warnings, whenever they tighten in lockstep as part of some sort of hawkish appeasement campaign, it almost always threw the economy into a recession or worse, like we saw with the 17 straight rate hikes in the lead up to the financial crisis in 2007-2009. So please recognize that the inflationistas, the doctrine of rate hike seekers, they're not on your side. And they are on a side, by the way. They're not, they're not indifferent but they can't make you a dime. I'm there. I'm guaranteeing that. They tend to give bad advice, bad investing advice, because that's not what they do. And they're pushing a, pl- a policy agenda. However, they can cause you to panic out of your stocks because they sound they're stentorian. And they sound so smart. Uh, and they never are going to consider the possibility that perhaps just maybe the red hot CPI number could signal a crest in inflation because they do not look at the components. That's what I do. Now, it might not force the Fed to tighten, and even if the Fed tightens, it may not cause you to sell stock. Some stocks will do just fine. Look, if you're running around 100% long or you or you're, have margin, and I, I don't blame you to try to take some profits, but no, it, it's a good market. All right, so how about this Rivian? What does it signal? Search another 22% today, IPO. I'm telling you, Rivian is actually not a sign of speculation. It's an attempt to find another stock that can fit the moment when uh, this actual moment right now, when millions of investors are desperate to discover the next Tesla. I say, why not hunt for the next Tesla? What's the matter with that? We used to enjoy the hunt before everyone got so cynical. I remember 30 years ago working on a cover story about finding the next Amgen because that had been a fabulous growth stock. It wasn't embarrassing. It wasn't ridiculous. I wasn't speculating. I was just looking for the next Amgen. We found it. Will Rivian truly be the next Tesla? Too soon to tell. But in an era where the old car companies are still married to the internal combustion engine, even as they all have divisions to get away from that, Rivian's an electric vehicle native, kind of like when I say cloud native for CrowdStrike or Salesforce. It's electric vehicle native. It's got orders from Amazon for virtually every single one of their electric fans, and Amazon owns 20% of the company, so they can basically they can will this thing into being. They can will it to be successful. They can will it to make a fortune. So why would you listen to the naysayers who tell you it's insane that Rivian's now worth more than Ford Motor? Who cares? Who Comparisons, as my mother would say, are odious. I can think of a company that disagrees, by the way. Rivian's fourth largest shareholder is Ford Motor. The big institutions don't agree either. And that's why last night I told you that they keep buying Rivian stock in order to establish positions that are large enough to be meaningful for their funds. And that's what was going on today. This was not hard money. This was easy money. 
Fund managers want to get a huge position on the sheets, and they need to move fast if you're getting their first slug of shares from the underwriters. There were no flippers involved. How many times did we say that to you? These were not people who, this was tight as a drum, as they like to say. If you knew about the mechanics of money management and you knew if you watched the show last night, then you could have made a killing today. Just point it out. How about the supposed death of Fang? Now, I feel like throwing a brick at the TV every time I hear another Fang, you know, bitch, where I probably heard a bit half dozen of them yesterday. There aren't enough TVs at Costco to make it so I can do this. Let me tell you, Facebook, now Meta platforms, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google now, Alphabet, are basically crusaders in the fight against inflation. They each offer something that can be used to dampen runaway price increases because they're all such bargains. Facebook's a bargain for advertisers. Amazon's a bargain for shoppers. Netflix's a bargain for anyone who wants entertainment. Google's a bargain for both shoppers and advertisers. Only Apple does not necessarily offer a bargain proposition. Although when you consider how many devices the iPhone can replace, I'd say it's a steal at any price. Finally, as far as stocks being broken after weak earnings, listen to me on this, okay? I want to teach you something that I've been stressing to the investment club members for years. Now, all my writings are at CNBC. All of my analysis is at CNBC. This is the only place you're going to get my analysis. And you need to search for broken stocks, not broken companies. The most recent broken stock, it's the stock of a company you know well. It's the stock of Disney. Now, if you sold this thing after all the chatter about the disappointing quarter, you would have dumped it down 12 bucks. Hey, maybe you'll dump it down five tomorrow. I don't know. But let me ask you something. Does this really make sense to sell this iconic company? Only if you truly believe that movies, theme park and sports are obsolete. Okay? yeah. Then sell away. Sure, there are short-term problems, largely because of COVID, not because of Mickey and Minnie or the Avengers, for that matter. But these will all be worked out over time. Layer on the metaverse. Don't you want to be an Avenger? How about one being the eighth dwarf? Don't you want to swim in a pile of money next to Scrooge McDuck? I always liked him. And you could have another revenue stream. Finally, Disney's open-minded. I think gambling's a natural extension of the ESPN franchise. They got to focus on that. Club members got not one but two bulletins about why Disney should be bought here. I am urging you to be a member of my club. We are working 24-7 for you. Now, let's go back to the self-proclaimed bond experts who periodically venture into my lane, the stock lane. Rather than be constructive about what stocks thrive in a higher inflation environment, they want to write off the entire asset class. Why? Because they don't know anything more than S, ampersand, P, and then five and zero and zero. Here's what they know about the S&P. They know there are 500 copies in it. That's it. Okay, not 499 or 501. S&P 500 has got 500. There you go. They got horse The Bottom line, these inflation fear mongers are ignorant of how the stock market actually works. They're ignorant about the way companies work. Their arguments are full of holes. So the next time they knock down the entire asset class and tell you to shut the set off and certainly sell your stocks, you should do some buying. Jessica in Connecticut. Jessica! Hey, Jim, this is Jessica Berry from Tallinn, Connecticut. My question is, how do you see possible SEC regulation in cryptocurrency affecting crypto stocks like Coinbase, Square, and PayPal in the future? Thank you. Well, first, I want to thank you for your service. It is Med Money. Salute to service. And what a terrific question. I spent a lot of time thinking about, uh, about what's going to happen in this world. And I've got to tell you, uh, the world is a positive for Square. Square can do no wrong. Coinbase, people are going to continue to think that this is the only uh, legitimate way in the stock market that you can play crypto, whether you like that or not. PayPal is a stock that is owned by my trust. I just told you about something that I, that I think we're doing right with Disney. I have so far not had the conviction to come out here and say this is the level of my PayPal. I said that we are not there yet, and I continue to say we're not there yet. And I want to thank you for the question, but more importantly, thank you for your service. 
And now we're going to find someone else we want to thank for the service. We're going to Cameron in New York. Cameron. Hey, Jim, this is Cameron Deppinger out here from West Point, New York. My question is, do you see housing prices continue to increase given the post-COVID boom of 2021? Thanks. Oh. You know, Cameron, I got to tell you, I was working. Remember, we had uh, Ivy Zellman on recently. She has a great book, and she's saying housing's peaking. And then I go to Toll Brothers and I go to Lenore, and those numbers look pretty good. I would tell you that uh, if interest rates are going to go up, then we've seen the top. But I keep thinking, wow, you know what? Lenar and Toll Brothers, maybe it's one of those situations where they will keep making money because they're excellent companies and you're excellent for serving our nation. Nobody has ever made a dime panicking people. The inflation mongers who do not know anything about what we do for a living here, they want to write stocks off altogether. What they hey, you know what? Maybe they'll get lucky. Maybe there'll be like 500 of them that'll go down. Lucky for you, their illogical arguments can be discounted giving you discount prices for stocks. On Mad Money tonight, it's a special Veterans Day show. I'm checking in with Lockheed Martin, CEO, to hear how his time serving the Air Force has helped shape his leadership style at the Aerospace and Defense Kingpin. Then this show is about making money, but it's also about recognizing businesses that are making a difference. I'm digging into some companies focused on supporting and hiring veterans who are returning to civilian life. I hope you can hire. Hope you will. And tonight we're honoring those who serve by highlighting one incredibly successful business person who credits his years in the service to his success. Don't miss my exclusive with the chairman of a, st- of a company whose stock went nuts today, and it's called Sports Entertainment Acquisition. I want you to stay with Craig. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is 
constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every year for Veterans Day, we like to do a salute to service show where we highlight the fact that hiring veterans is not just the right thing to do. It's also a great business decision. The military invests tremendous resources in training people to have leadership skills, to stay calm in periods of turmoil and to think strategically, not to mention all the technical stuff. But in many cases, the private sector just throws all that away. But not all. There are companies like Lockheed Martin, the huge defense contractor that go out of their way to hire veterans, including as CEO. Last year, Lockheed hired Jim Takelet, the longtime chairman and CEO of American Tower, had him on a bunch of times, has always been a terrific, thoughtful executive, and he's the CEO and now chairman. Before that, he was an executive, before he was an executive, and this is what's really important, Takelet served as a pilot in the Air Force during Desert Storm. Earlier this week, we got a chance to talk to him about his time in the Air Force and why Lockheed Martin is such an enthusiastic recruiter of veterans. So take a look. Mr. Tegman, welcome back to Mad Money. Hello, Jim. Great to be with you. Well, I've missed you, and it is great to have you on the show. Uh, one of the things that I think is so important about Veterans Day is we get to talk about veteran recruitment. And you are a vet, and I see that what you've done is nearly one in five employees is a veteran at your great company versus national average is 1%. When I think about your career and how you were met, you were running a multi-million dollar piece of merchandise with people in it in your mid-20s. Most of us have never experienced something like that. Why don't we hire many more vets at high levels in our country? Well, they're a fantastic national resource. And one of the things as a young officer, a young non-commissioned officer, NCO, you get a lot of responsibilities, you sort of suggested, Jim, at a very young age. And the other thing you learn is that authority and respect doesn't come with rank or position. It comes with your, your character, and you've got to earn that uh, respect. So it, they're a great source of talent. Uh, they're all well-trained. They're mission-oriented, just like we are here. So they're a great fit for us, and I know a great fit for many other companies. At the same time, you've done a number of partnerships that support, support vets and military uh, community. I think this is also important that you don't have to be a vet to be able to do this, but maybe you can instruct other CEOs what you do. Sure. Uh, there are a number of organizations that help transition uh, people leaving the military into civilian life. Uh, I got some helping hands with that. It was informal when I did it. But there's some organizations that are really set up to do that. So I would suggest reaching out to them. Uh, also, there are trade or recruiting shows, if you will, uh, and events for veterans as they're departing the military looking for a civilian position. Go to some of those and, and see some of that talent. All right. Well, I think that one of the things that you have made me aware of is you mentioned uh, people under pressure. Eight years ago, you were on the show. Uh, there was an outfit. I'm not even going to dignify the name. OK. And they wrote that you were not doing you weren't wrecking. You had weak corporate governance. You had a uh, lack of hedging. And you said, let me on. 
Let me on. I'm going to tell you why that's wrong. Mm-hmm. You're the only person who's ever taken a challenge in all the time, in the years I've done this show. You just said, OK, listen, this guy's wrong. I'm going to explain why. You came on. You didn't hedge. You told the truth. And it was one of the greatest buying opportunities I've ever seen. Was that because you understood how to handle pressure at an early age? <laughs> I think it helped, Jim. Uh, you know, I, I was uh, the honor of, of flying uh, 82nd Airborne. I won the first four aircraft, uh, a C-141B Starlifter, a Lockheed Martin aircraft, uh, at the beginning of Desert Shield. And uh, there's pressure there. And uh, you can pretty much withstand anything after uh, doing a tour or two in the military. And uh, being calm under pressure is essential. And I really appreciated that invitation, by the way, to come set the, the record straight uh, eight years ago with well, you. Well, I was thinking, I mean, one of the stories I read about you, you have a pretty story career. There was a, uh, an officer that said right before you were sho- shoved off, if anything happens, we never heard of you. I mean, now that's pressure, not a short seller rate <laughs> in your stock, right? Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, yeah, we never heard of you. We hope you come back. And I, uh, you know, embrace those missions. Our crews did. And, you know, it's a sense of duty, again, that those young and, and mid, mid-career people, when they leave the military, they bring that with them. They bring that sense of duty with them to their civilian jobs. Now, you're also, because of some of your great work in telco, uh, you're bringing, uh, that's called the 21st century uh, warfare vision to Lockheed. Lockheed's always been advanced in knowing what to do. But your, your skills are, uh, are definitely needed in the military right now, including your knowledge of telco. Well, what I've seen, Jim, at uh, Lockheed Martin and across you know, the defense uh, and aerospace companies is a really fantastic capability to develop technology, implement it, and drive engineering. Uh, in a large part, the physical world, if you will, the Newtonian world. Uh, we're also very good at, at certain types of software, uh, mission uh, computers for our aircraft, uh, cybersecurity, etc. But there's a whole other digital world that's driven by companies investing, you know, an order of magnitude more than the defense and aerospace industry is investing in software. So I wanted to leverage that through the people I knew back at American Tower, Jim. And I'll tell you, every single one, every single CEO that I've asked to invite into this uh, discussion has eagerly come with their chief engineer, their chief technology officer. And we're figuring out where the best technology is in the digital world that can accelerate our ability to deter war. And I don't think there's any more valuable good in this world than deterrence. No, and that's absolutely. the business that we're Especially in. Especially when we look like we have a, unfortunately, we're back in a bipolar world. Let me ask you something. Uh, there was a fabulous book I once read uh, by a guy named McLean. It's called Young Men and Fire. And in it, it talked about how you cannot predict where fire goes. And this was the Mangold's tragedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked like that was that was more than 50, 60 years ago. And until this announcement you did with NVIDIA, I don't think we ever seem to know what direction a fire is going to go. This seems like a fantastic partnership. Well, what we do uh, in defending the nation and our allies, Jim, is very much similar to what firefighters have to do to defend our homes, people, businesses and our climate. Uh, from from wildfires. So you, you've got to have the sensing capability to see where the, the problems or the issues are, uh, even a predictive capability to figure out where fires might happen. Now, we've got sensors in space uh, and elsewhere where we can sense infrared heat at a very specific uh, level, and then we can then use our AI mission manager that we're working on NVIDIA with 
to actually predict where firefighters should go, where aircraft should be deployed, where water should be dropped. And what's really interesting to me is not only do we have the satellites and the mission management capabilities, Jim, at our company with our partners, we've also got Firehawk helicopters that we make at Sikorsky. We've got C-130 aircraft that fight fires. And we've got uh, individual communication uh, networks that we can help the firefighters stay safe when they're out there deployed. So we've got a whole package that we could pull together on behalf of the U.S. government and have a national firefighting SWAT team, if you will, with all the best technologies that this country has to offer. So I'm asking my team here at Lockheed Martin to try to pull that together because it will help with climate change, it will help with property protection, it will help with human protection. It's a great way to apply our technologies uh, to, to a real-world domestic problem. Well, look, I want to thank you for your service and your time at the U.S. Air Force Academy, all the things that you did uh, as, a, as an Air Force pilot, and, of course, everything you're doing at Lockheed Martin. Jim Takelet from Lockheed Martin, thank you so much for coming on the show. Good to see you again. Thanks so much, Jim. Great to be there with you. Take care. Bankful CEO knows what he's doing. You just heard all the great things he's done for veterans. May have money spectators. Coming up, where do America's service women and men go after doing their bid for the United States? Kramer takes a look at companies that go above and beyond in hiring veterans. Next. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Go Army, beat Navy! In honor of Veterans Day tonight, we're holding our annual Salute to Service show where we take a step back from our day-to-day analysis of Wall Street and focus on all the brave women and men who've served in our armed forces. In particular, we like to highlight the companies that support veterans directly, not just by thanking them for their service, which, of course, we like and we do, but by hiring them outright. Of course, this is still mad money. I think it's great when companies do the right thing, and they deserve to be celebrated for it. But more importantly, I like when companies hire veterans because you know what? turns out to be good business. They're getting highly motivated, highly skilled workers that our government has spent a fortune to train. They're great team players, and they know how to get things done. There is something I, I've been saying this for years. 
But it was always a gut instinct. We never had much in the way of what I call empirical evidence until now. Until now, when just JUST Capital, an organization founded by Paul Tudor Jones, Deepak Chopra, and Ariana Huffington, among others, published a research report in, par- in partnership with VETS indexes, which makes thematic impact indices to measure the performance of publicly traded companies that support U.S. veterans. And what did they find? Well, you probably know. First, despite broad public support for veterans, nearly half of America's largest corporations, as represented by the Russell 1000, don't even disclose their veteran recruitment practices. Only 37% have a specific policy for actively recruiting them. That's wrong. I think it's also a missed opportunity. They must change that. And it's also going to be helpful in a moment, you'll understand, because it'll allow us to have one more important criteria for performance. See, Just Capital examined the performance of companies that have veterans hiring and supplier policies that, and then compared it to those who don't. What do you think they found? Well, the ones that actively try to hire and do business with veterans perform better in terms of return on assets, return on capital, and return on equity. That translates into slightly better performing stocks, too, though the disparity was much larger six months ago. So who really stands out on this front? Well, there are a bunch of different third-party rankings that measure the companies that do the most to hire and support vets. I salute them for doing that. We're going to start with VETS indexes. That's the one that partnered with Just Capital and the report I just mentioned. Every year, VETS released a tiered list for its VETS index employer awards. The latest one was in May. The ones that are most supportive get five stars. Out of those 20, you might recognize some of the ones that are publicly traded. Booz Allen Hamilton, uh, CACI International, Chubb, Comcast, the parent company of this network, Fiserv, J&J, Merck, Serco, United Rentals, and Excel Energy. Then the publicly traded four-star employers are Amazon, General Dynamics, Humana, Maximus, Huntington Ingalls Industries, Oracle, Union Pacific, and Werner Enterprises. There are some great stocks in those two lists, which goes to my point. Companies that aggressively hire veterans tend to be companies that know what the heck they're doing. How about other rankings? We're not stopping here. Every year, Forbes puts out their own list of the best employers for veterans based on thousands of surveys. They talk to employees, not just the the companies, uh, not the companies that are hiring them. They go right to the employees. And I think that's actually a pretty better methodology. So let me read you the publicly traded companies in Forbes' top 20 employers for hiring veterans. SAIC, 3M, Choice Hotels, Northrop Grumman, Ford Motor, Delta Airlines, Lockheed Martin, Humana, Intel, Procter & Gamble, Booz Allen, American Tower, Southwest Airlines, Boeing, CAC International, and Texas Roadhouse. By the way, Google was number 21 and Tesla was number 23. Finally, every year, Monster.com, the career services company, teams up with a military-oriented online publication, Military.com, to produce their own list of the best employers for vets. As with the vets' indexes rankings, this one's decided by surveys that are filled out by the companies themselves. So it's more about corporate policy and overall recruitment numbers. What they found is that the most military-friendly employers are the ones dedicated hiring teams for uh, have dedicated hiring teams for vets, and they also accept military training in place of civilian employment credentials and offer high-quality onboarding for veterans and their families. Monster's top ten list has a few privately held companies and a couple of government agencies, Customs and Borders Protection, TSA, both part of the Department of Homeland Security. But the publicly traded ones are Mantec International, Chevron, CACI International, General Dynamics, and Lidos. Then, Marcia.com also has a sort of honorable mention group where they highlight applied materials, BAE Systems, Chubb, Lockheed Martin, PAE, Penske Automotive, Ryder, Schnitzer Steel, Textron, Union Pacific, and XPO Logistics. 
Now, it makes a lot of sense when you see a bunch of defense contractors on these lists, along with transportation companies like Union Pacific and XPO Logistics. I mean, who knows more about logistics than the military? By the way, whoever they, they had supplying our troops in Afghanistan, where we got an unthinkable volume of defense hardware across the, the Himalayas for 20 years, are probably people who can help us with our current supply chain choices, don't you think? I don't care how badly congested our West Coast ports are. That's nothing compared to bringing ordnance to Afghanistan. Now, when you drill down and look at the companies that managed to make their way onto multiple third-party lists for the best places to work, well, that's going to be very intriguing and a great place to start if you agree with us that this is an important thesis. CACI International made all three. That's a tech-oriented defense contractor. Then on two of them, we had Booz Allen Hamilton in the management consultancy, Chubb's combined uh, insurance subsidiary, Humana, that's a terrific managed care company, Lockheed Martin, which we heard from earlier in the show, and Union Pacific, the Kramer Favor Railroad that Mike Chapel Mike Trust owns. We write a lot about it for the club. I like every one of these companies, but if I had to rank them, I'd put Union Pacific first, then Chubb, that's an incredibly well-run insurer, then Lockheed Martin, run by Jim Takelet, who we spoke to earlier in the show. Now, I haven't followed Booz Allen closely enough to give a considered opinion, but Humana just delivered a good quarter, and it's most certainly viable. CACI, I am urging you to come on. You're thrice blessed, and we need to find out more about your company. The bottom line, on Veterans Day, let's remember that the best thing businesses can do is not just say thank you, which is very important, but more importantly, actually support retired service members, not for lip service, but to give them jobs. It'll do well for them, and it will do well for you. Thanks to some great work from Just Capital and others, we now have empirical evidence that going out of your way to hire veterans and source your supplies from veteran-owned firms is not just the right thing to do. It's also good for business. Tonight, in honor of Veterans Day and our special salute to service show, we're taking some questions from the incredible cadets at the Military Academy at West Point. So let's start with Jacob in Georgia. Jacob. Hey, Jim. This is Cadet Jacob Gurley from Douglasville, Georgia. My question for you is, with inflation raging in the market, how can you find stocks that are immune or even winners with inflation in the picture? Okay, well, first, we have to agree that inflation is raging uh, out of control. I think it's raging, but it can be in control. And that means there's a whole group of stocks that we can buy. But otherwise, if you think that it's going to stay raging, well, what happens? The Fed raises rates. Who makes money when the Fed raises rates? None other than the banks. And we favor Wells Fargo when it comes to owning the banks. And uh, it's a member of our charitable trust, and therefore we write about it for our club members. In honor of Veterans Day, we have just highlighted the many companies that support our veterans through hiring. It's not only the right thing to do. Remember, it's also good for business. Much more man money ahead. From the base to the boardroom, I'm sitting down with a Navy vet who used his years of service to help him launch a very successful SPAC. Then we have had some retail reports in the last 24 hours that are proved proving to us that the retail revolution continues. And I'm breaking the reports down, and I've got to tell you, it looks like that the shopping year is going to be, at least the end of the year, is going to be remarkable from what I saw today and last night. And, of course, all your calls rapid fire in a special Veterans Day edition of the Lightning Round. So stay with Kramer. Day, we like to highlight all the ways retired service members can contribute to corporate America with a special focus on the ones who've gone on to become senior executives. Which brings me to Sports Entertainment Acquisition Company. This is a SPAC that was created by Eric Grubman 
been a frequent guest on the show. Last spring, we learned that they plan to merge with Supergroup, which operates Betway. This is a very exciting digital sports gambling service and also Spin, an iGaming brand. Once the transaction is completed, Mr. Grubman will serve as the chairman. But before this, he was the chairman of On Location Experiences, hospitality business that he sold to Endeavor. Nice premium early last year. And that's why I've been so interested in this pack to begin with. Uh, also, of course, because Mr. Grubman is very familiar in the business world, being connected with NFL, also being connected with Goldman. But before that, he served as a midshipman on a nuclear submarine after graduating from the academy. We want to know what that experience has translated into the business world. But we're also very curious to know what the company's up to, because I think it's incredibly interesting. So, Mr. Grubman, welcome back to Mad Money. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for having me. And uh, especially thanks for giving me the forum on this uh, special day, Veterans Day. And a great shout out to all the people who served and who have family members who served and who have friends who served. You know, great I, sacrifices from all those people. We uh, rang the opening bell this morning and I thought of you. We used to take this day off to celebrate. And it's funny, we have a lot of days that we have off in this country that do not commemorate lives lost and people who serve the country. And it's almost like if you had to do it over again, Eric, I swear, this would be the day that you would take off, not a lot of the others that we do. Yeah, let me take the other side of that, Jim. Okay. Um, service people, um, they're always ready, and they always are up and at it. And that's part of the uh, ethos of public service in general and the military in particular. So I don't necessarily think that we honor service and veterans by taking a day off. Yes, I understand the symbolism of that. I think we honor them by recognizing them. And I think we honor them especially by knowing that the sacrifices don't end when they come home. And that's especially true given the people who've served in the last 15, 20 years in a very, very unusual conflict um, for America. It's... um it's really something these sacrifices go on and on for some of them. And the best thing you can do is nod, smile, shake their hand and help them out a little bit. Well, let's talk about that, because we have done a lot of work which indicate that those companies that hire veterans have historically done better. It is still mad money done better in the stock market. The people, the companies that have hired veterans that we're close to have found them very quickly advancing to leadership positions because of many of the attributes that you talk about. When you were on your nuclear submarine, I'm sure that we're playing, you played many roles. And maybe you can describe about how you had to be ready for all of them. Well, you get ready for all of them by being ready to take on challenges, not by knowing everything in the world. One of the things that a young officer has to learn the moment he or she steps on board, whether it's a submarine or a ship or just about anything else, is that there's going to be a lot of people who are not senior to you who know more about certain things. And so you have to respect that and you have to work with everyone. And when you're out in in a deployment, again, and whatever the vessel is, could be a plane, could be a unit in the Marine Corps, um, whatever it is, you have to get past personal differences. You have to ignore um, the fact that people come from um, very different viewpoints. People come from very different backgrounds, and that's an incredible strength. And so you're, you're sort of ready for anything if you're willing to work, you're willing to learn, and you're willing to respect people who clearly will know something more than you do about whatever it is you're looking at. 
Well, uh, l- let's talk for a moment about sports entertainment uh, and the uh, closing of your deal and what your role will be and how uh, your your military background is going to help you. Well, I, I, I do want to just mention that I watched my my friend who I respect greatly, Anthony Noto, on the show, on the CNBC show this morning. Right. So you guys have bookended it with the uh, with the veterans. But he was wearing his Nike uh, Army shirt. So I, <laughs> I just have to unzip here a little bit and uh, play the other side of that, because it is getting to that time of year where there's this little football game that gets played every now and then down in Philadelphia uh, called the Army Navy game. So um, now I, w- I don't want to compete with Anthony on that since he was a linebacker at Army, but um, I'll wrestle him any day. But in any event, uh, SEAH is doing great. Um, we are getting closer and closer to the time where we will be able to merge with Supergroup and Supergroup will become the public company. It's got a terrific management team. Um, it's got a big global scaled platform, scaled for further growth. Um, and it's very exciting. And they're poised to enter the United States through the acquisition of a company called Digital Gaming Corporation, which has long-term market access deals in 11 states, working on more, and is live with the Betway brand in five states. So Digital Gaming Corporation is in the United States, live with the Betway brand. And Supergroup has a deal to acquire Digital Gaming Corporation, uh, which is pending and will close when they get uh, regulatory approval sometime in 2022. Let me ask you one more question. Uh, The propensity of the people in the gambling business seems to be to lose money. Uh, Customer acquisition is ridiculously high. I know you as someone who would never allow the kind of losses that these companies are generating right now. How can you be sure that Supergroup does not fall prey to the same situations that the others are, which is throwing massive amounts of money to get any customer they can? Well, I'll have my comments uh, before. I'd like to learn from people who know more than me, and you certainly do, about a lot of companies. But, Jim, you are looking through, or your sp- those words you spoke are looking through the, the prism of the U.S.-centric investor, and in particular, the U.S.-centric company. The well-run companies that are global do not lose money hand over fist. They do not lose money hand over fist if they're well-run. That is um, a phenomenon of the United States. It's early days. And I'm confident that the supergroup management team will execute with the same playbook in the United States that they have elsewhere. That's not to say there are headwinds, but it is to say that you don't have to play the game the same way everybody else does. And you don't have to be first. You have to have a good product, good service. You have to have good entertainment. You have to treat your customers right. And if you do that, you'll get your fair share of customers in just about any business. And the gaming industry is no different. All right. Well, look, Eric, we'll leave it at that. You've great thoughts. Also, I think your comments on Veterans Day, appropriate and correct. That is the way to do it. If you're going, I was not in the service. My father would say it's another day. It's another day we have to remember. And I think that your analysis of what you're doing overseas with Premier Group, whatever. I mean, it's just different over there. And that's why I have supported you since you came public. And I think that your company will be terrific. Eric Grubman, chairman and, C- and uh, CFO of Sports Entertainment Acquisition Corp., soon to be Supergroup. Always great to see you, Eric. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, Jim. Great to see you. Back in, okay, because this is his baby. I've always watched him at every company. This one he owes, and it's going to be terrific when they do the merger. Bad Money's back after the break. Coming up, 
Kramer answers the call. A very special salute to service lightning round is next. Go Army, beat the stock market. Booyah! Go Army, beat Navy. All right, before we begin the lighting round, I want to take a moment to thank and honor those who served and are currently serving our country, and that's not just Army. Your service ensures our freedom, and we are forever grateful for what you have done or what you're doing now. So tonight we're going to have a special lightning round featuring veterans from all over the country. So now it is time. It is time for the lightning round. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski Day? Time for the lightning round. Let's start with Daniel in California. Daniel. Hey, Jim. Thanks for having me on. I was on the show last year trying to make this a tradition. Uh, Stock this year is GoGo, G-O-G-O. I have not recommended GoGo in a long time, but you know something? We are now in a moment where people are going to be traveling and traveling aggressively. I can see a short-term trade in GoGo as the world reopens. Michael in Ohio. Michael. Booyah, sir. Booyah. So I was wondering, trade desk. I think now is a good time to get in. Yes, I thought the quarter was exceptional. It's a great alternative to Alphabet, to Google. I think that people also are warming up to it because they've been able to figure out how to deal with Apple in a good way. I think that stock's a buy. Let's go to Anthony in Texas. Anthony. Booyah, Jim. Thanks Booyah. for having me on the show. Thank you for calling. Uh, my, thank you. My question is PLL. Um, I'm up over 100% on it this year. Should I take my profit? I want you to ring the register on half of that and then play with the house's money. I do not care for the lithium stocks. I think they're too high. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, where should investors look for some Yuletide returns? Kramer jingles all the way to a special no huddle when Mad Money Salute to Service returns. Kramer, you are super. You are awesome. I'm a first time investor. Thank you for inspiring me to get in the game. Your show is the best. I am so glad you're on TV. I want you to know that you have transformed me. Thank you, Kramer. That's it. Don't want to hear another word about stagflation. There's nothing stagnant about this economy. In fact, retailers may be experiencing their strongest quarter in history. I know I use a lot of superlatives, but that's not hyperbole. In the last 24 hours, we've gotten some numbers from challenge retailers that are almost too good to believe. Let's start with Dillard's, a department store chain that my late mom used to call Dillard's. Well, it hardly Dillard's anymore, but the stock's soaring 10% today after a magnificent quarter. Uh, Dillard's earned $9.81 per share. Analysts looking for $5.52. Stunning. You can only do that kind of number when the consumers simply throw money at it. How is it possible? Simple. There's so much demand that Dillard's doesn't have to run any promotions to get people in the store. That's a staggering feat. No wonder the stock rallied 29.10%. Or consider one that no one talks about much anymore, Fossil. I can remember when this seller of watches and other fashion accessories looked like roadkill, in part because of the Apple Watch, but also because who needs a wristwatch in a world where everyone's got a smartphone, the world's most sophisticated pocket watch. Today, fossil stocks skyrocketed up 23%. That's the kind of move you'd expect from a takeover target, but all they did was report a glorious quarter. In the old days, fossil used to discount everything, not this time. Magic mentioned they've reduced the reliance on off-price channels, and they had all the inventory they need, despite that poor congestion problem. 
Or how about Tapestry, the parent company of Coach, Kate Spade, and Stuart Weissman? Saw its stock jump more than 8% today on a fabulous quarter. Coach, the main division, is putting up numbers that remind me of the old days when this company led the retailer cohort. Management would come on the show all the time. Even better, Tapestry dramatically raised its forecast thanks to more shoppers and higher prices. Nothing promotional here. What do we make of all this? Well, you can surmise a great deal ahead of next week's barrage of retail earnings. Remember, it's mad money. We're trying to make you money. It's obvious that Macy's will have a strong holiday season because the brands I just mentioned are in such great shape. If Dollars is putting up incredible numbers, Macy's should shoot the lights out. But this is not lost on the buyers who seem to take the stock up nearly every day. Layer, though, on the return of the tourists to New York, and you're going to see a spike from the flagship store in Herald Square. Very important. I know Signet stock has already had a huge move. I brought this to you. I hope you paid attention. I have tremendous respect for CEO Gina Drosos, who's turned this jewelry chain around by fixing the culture. You know, before she took over, they almost had a pawn shot-like approach, where they uh, cared more about collecting interest rather than selling stylish jewelry. Signet's already up 282% for the year. But who says it can't go higher? This is the time of year when anointed stocks, like Signet, keep roaring. I like Kohl's going to the holidays. Nobody else seems to right now, but it has had a good run. I like that. I, by the way, I could say the same thing about Target. Now, the toughest ones might be Home Depot and Lowe's, which I fear will be going up now and disappoint when it comes to heightened expectations next week because they're not necessarily in the sweet spot of what's working here, but they are great companies. As someone who's an old hand at retail, courtesy of my father's boxes and bags business, I cannot recall a time like this when almost everyone was winning. It makes me want to go back and revisit, say, Ralph Lauren, which had a disrespected quarter. It makes me think that my charitable trust, which you can learn about more by joining our investment club, should stick with Costco despite its humongous move. Too much good there. Too many bargains. It's a truly miraculous time for retail, with customers flooding the stores and paying full price. When these retail stocks lead, many others follow. It's just one more sign that despite the endless hand-wringing, about inflation and stagflation from the so-called experts or possible supply chain-induced shortages, shoppers remain undaunted and eager to buy and buy now. In short, at least for retail, I'm telling you, it's going to be a great Christmas. I'd like to say there's always a bull market summer. I promise I'll find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. The news with Shepard Smith starts now. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.